And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Everyone seems so focused on results. Now, that's true in school in business, in your relationships, and in life in general. But is there a time that we should say, stay out of the results business? Now, on today's episode, I want to welcome back my friend Ron as we discuss this topic. You may remember Ron from an earlier episode, and we talked about the three R's of success in life and business. Now, I left that information in the notes Go check that episode out if you haven't already. But in the meantime, let's get started because I'm excited about this topic. Ron, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be here as always. Yes, it is. It's good to see you again. This is going to be an interesting topic because most people are so focused on results today. We make a list of our goals. We go after those things and we're always trying to be driven by those results. So staying out of the results business intrigued me as a topic. So why don't you give me a little introduction on how this topic became something that you were interested in? Tony, I I learned quite a few years ago that so many things in my life are just out of my control. And given that, it's just, it's just so interesting that I've, I've learned over the years, my job is to stay out of the results business and essentially just do all of the preparation work necessary on whatever, with whatever project I'm working on or whatever it is I'm doing, whether that's personal or professional. So much of the results are out of my control that all I can do is prepare well and let the results fall where they will. Let the results fall where they will. That's that's an interesting philosophy. Uh, I know we are really big here in, in the world on preparation and getting things done. So there's a difference between focusing on the results and setting a goal and preparing for that goal? Oh, Tony, there, there's no two ways about that. Just absolutely no two ways about that. But, you know, like I said, my job is to prepare well. I have no clue what the results will look like. And, and for example, with our podcast right now, I did prepare for it. I thought about, okay, what are some of the points that I want to make? What are some of the important things that I'd like to get across to the audience that I hope they'll find meaningful? What control? Do I really have over what, how the audience reacts to our podcast, to our conversation? None, as I see it, just absolutely none. All I can do is be ready and hope that with my preparation, they find it useful, they find it interesting, and they'll use the information that you and I talk about. I like the idea of letting go of control because really, 
there are things in our life that we can't control, no matter how much we prepare. And being ready to let go of that really takes a huge burden off of our shoulders. Yes. And and I mean, Tony, the other thing I think about here is, you know, letting go of the results business, for me at least, and again, I speak for myself, it is a tremendous stress reducer. When I'm not worried about what's going to happen, what am I going to do? This is the way I want this to turn out. And this is what I'm going to do in order to make that happen. No, let again, I just always circle back. Let me do the preparation. The results will be what they will be. And, and that's so important. Again, I emphasize personally and professionally. Interesting. I teach a lot of courses and I always show up well-prepared for these things. And my job in my mind has always been, I want to make things happen. I want to create change in these people's lives. I want to inspire them. I want to move them to take action and to start doing these things. For example, if I'm teaching someone about marketing, I'll want to teach them how to persuade, how to put their marketing together. If I'm teaching someone about productivity, I want them to have a more productive life. And I really can't control what happens to them after they leave that lesson or after they leave like a coaching session. Now in coaching, I tend to be a little more account. You know, I hold them accountable every session. They come back to me and I, did you do your exercises? But when I'm doing a workshop, that's totally out of my control. It's like writing a book. Someone can read that book learn how to do that thing, but will they do it? Well, I can't control that. So my result is I wrote the book. I've got the information out there. It's up to those individuals who read it to make that happen. Yes. And and I mean, Tony, that is, that's exactly it for me. I mean, when, when I do a work session, I prepare really well for it. And I deny to nobody that my goal Anytime I do any sort of leadership session, work session, whatever it is, my goal is to satisfy every single person completely, which is pretty unrealistic, candidly, because you can't please everybody all the time. And again, that's one of the other reasons I need to let go of the results. All I can do is be ready, present the material as well as I know how to, Be enthusiastic and just everything that goes along with that. Whatever they do with that information or how well they receive it, that's up to them, not me. That's completely out of my control. Give me some examples of how using this philosophy has really helped you in your life and in your business. I'm going to go back, Tony, uh, many, many years, and actually I'll share something where, and this is where essentially the philosophy started to come into uh, play for me, if you will. Many years ago, I was working for Toshiba, and I was doing a a five-day product knowledge course slash sales training, and I denied to no one that I did not know the products as well as I should have. And what I thought I could do during this course was sort of skate through the product piece and concentrate on the selling skills, which I knew quite well. On the morning of day two, two people from Philadelphia walked out saying, you don't know what you're doing. And they were right, because I was not doing a good job. About 
Two hours later, I got a call from my boss's boss in California. And Tony just tore me to shreds on the phone. What's going on? People walked out of your class. And the point is, Tony, for me, I vowed from that day forward, I am never going to walk into a classroom or any sort of session again unprepared. I can't, I have nothing to do with the results, except if I'm prepared, then I can say, okay, my side of the street is clean because my side of the street was not clean during in that particular session. And from a personal perspective, my mom died. A li- it'll be two years in September. And she was not well. And you know, she had had a couple, of, uh, a couple of small strokes. She had a 24-hour aid with her. And I was keeping my phone on my, you know, on my bedstand 24, well, while we were sleeping. Four o'clock in the morning, the phone rang. And, you know, it jarred me awake. I looked at it and it was the assisted living facility. And I was like, okay, this is not going to be good. And answered the phone, you know, Ron, this is Sergeant so-and-so from, you know, the West Caldwell Police Department. We're in your mother's apartment. She's having trouble breathing. What do you want us to do? And I was like, okay, you know, get, you know, get her to Mountainside Hospital. And the point is, Tony, that, as, you know, as I told them that, and I was getting dressed to get to the hospital, my prayer simply was, God, this is out of my hands. There is absolutely nothing I can do, you know, relative to mom's situation. Please, please just let it unfold as it's going to, and, and just help me to be there for her, for, you know, help me to ask the right questions of the doctors. When I talk to my siblings, help me with that. Everything else is out of my control. And it gave me comfort rather than being a mess. What's going to happen to mom? What's going to happen to mom? Oh, my goodness. That's out of my control. There's nothing I can do about that. And it was comforting. I mean, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, it was easy. There was nothing to it. No, I was upset. My mom was very, very sick. And she she ended up, essentially, that was truly the beginning of the end. And it's okay because it was out of my control. And those are the kinds of things I need to accept. I love bringing up the, again, that thing about things not being in our control. And we do, we want to control things. I mean, I want to have a perfect podcast recording every time, but I realize that I can't do that. And one of the beautiful things about audio podcasting rather than video. Now I know you can edit video, but it looks really choppy when you do. And I like doing audio podcasts for the reason that if something happens, like if the phone rings, somebody forgot to put their phone on mute, you know, I can edit that stuff out and try to clean it up. But then there's some things that are interesting, like you were talking before. And well, first off, I'll let the audience know we're both frozen. We, we can't see each other's movements. It's just something to do with the way the Internet signal is. We're still recording. We can hear each other. So we're going with it. We're letting go of the control that technology has over us. That's right. Stay stay out of the results business here. (laughs) Yep, exactly. But I can still produce, you know, a good product and be prepared and we can still have a good discussion, even though, you know, we can't technically see each other other than our frozen positions on the screen. I always wonder exactly 
what position I frozen because usually when you freeze on a Zoom meeting, that's <laughs> when you have the goofiest facial expression possible. <laughs> so Actually, Tony, I can your 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 frozen image is making good eye contact with me right now, so it's okay. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, and then the other thing is in the background, you hear a little dog barking, <laughs> and you know what? If in the perfect world we clean all that stuff out, but that's life. And if we can show people here on this episode that, you know what, we're going to go out there, we're going to show up here prepared, we're going to put out the best content possible. And you know what, if things happen along the way, we'll deal with them because we will be letting go of that control. And as you say, staying out out of the results business. And Tony, you know what, for, for me, at least, I don't know, when I do these kinds of things, my, my friend Roger says this often, when I let go of these things, it makes my life simpler. It does not make my life easier. It makes my life simpler. And I like that. I, I like that a lot. I mean, and again, rather than, oh my goodness, this has to be perfect. And oh my goodness, I mean, it, this is what, exactly what I need to do during this class. And this has to happen. And if I don't get this job, oh my God. No, just let it go. Let it go. And, and like I said, I, I just keep repeating it, Tony, because it's so important to me. As long as I can say to myself, I have done everything in my control to prepare I'm okay with this. I'm okay with whatever results come from this. I love that idea as well, because I teach productivity and I talk about the three P's that kill our productivity. One of them is procrastination. We all procrastinate at different times in our life, but why are we procrastinating? And I look back and I say, well, a lot of times we procrastinate because we're focused on the results and we're thinking, well, what if I don't get those results or what if things don't go exactly as I planned them? And we put those things off in our life. And it's the same thing with perfectionism. Another one of the P's we want to do everything perfect. Well, there's a difference between being prepared and being perfect. And I've always told people getting things done is better than having things perfect because at least you get them done. You can make changes later. You can make those adjustments as life goes on. But if you just keep putting something off, then it'll never get done. That's right. That's exactly right. And I mean, I think, you know, part, part of, you know, the, the perfectionism for me too is that I believe so strongly and it's been my direct experience and it's been, you know, people have given me this feedback is like, Ron, when you admit mistakes, lie, you know, live time and just like when you tell stories about mistakes that you've made and what you've learned from them, it makes you human. It, it makes you part of us, if you will. It's not this, this person standing up there facilitating. No, it's just another, it's another person up there trying to share some information with us and we can learn from each other. It's like, yeah, that's right. You're right. When you say it makes us human because everybody does make mistakes. Most of us were afraid to, to admit to those things in this particular case, we admit, Hey, you know what? I screwed that up, but here's what I did. Let's fix it. I'm going to learn from that. Failure is one of those words that we get really caught up in people are afraid to fail there's that whole fear of failure 
And really, when you're trying to teach someone to overcome that fear of failure, what you have to do is you have to focus on the learning. Everything we do if we fail, and I use Thomas Edison as a great example, when he almost blew up his laboratory after the 10,000th attempt at trying to create the light bulb as we sort of know it today. They said, well, I just found uh, the 10,000th way not to make this light bulb, and I'm going to go on to the next one. So it's really learning how to fail gracefully, learn from your mistake, and move forward. Because the results, even though we're staying out of that, the results will eventually happen. We'll eventually get the results if we keep trying. But if we're so afraid of making those mistakes and so afraid of admitting from them and learning from them, then we'll never get near those results. I think, you know, Tony, I, I agree. And one of, one of the key words that I keep hearing you use is the conditional word called if. And that is so important. You know, if failure is an option for me, if I learn from it, and as long as I learn from it, I'm okay with that. And that, and again, that is just so important because if I'm not quote unquote failing, where am I learning? Where am I growing? What's changing? Nothing. And that's not okay. Yeah, that's definitely not okay. So if that's, a very small word, but it's really a very big word if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can I, I remember you remind me so many years ago uh, when I was in HR, I was director of human resources for a very small bank. This is many, many years ago when we used to advertise in the newspapers and that kind of stuff for uh, open positions. The, the HR generalist came to my office with this terrible look on her face. She goes, I made a terrible, terrible mistake. I was like, okay, come on in. What is it? And she said, I, I didn't call the ad agency in time. And the ads are not, are not going to get in the paper on Sunday or this week. She thought I was going to fire her. And I said, and I was like, okay, let's talk about it. What happened? What went wrong? Okay, fine. What are you going to do differently now to make sure this never happens again? She told me, and I was like, fine, as long as it doesn't happen again, Debbie, it's all good. You hmm. learned a lesson from it. It's okay. Just don't repeat it. Because if, it, if you repeat it, then we're going to have a different kind of conversation because that's not acceptable. And, and again, I don't need to get into, you know, all of that point simply is, okay, you made a mistake. It's fine. It does happen. Like, like we were, like we're talking. How can we correct it and make sure it doesn't happen again? Yeah, yeah, and we do. We want to make sure it doesn't happen again. And sometimes when you make those mistakes, it teaches you how not to let those things happen again. That's right. When I was doing my investigation work in the field of investigations, which is where I, I came out of, when I would do an investigatory interview with someone, sometimes I'd walk out of that interview and I'd know exactly the mistakes that I made. Sometimes you can even hear yourself when you ask a question or when you say something and you go, Oh, in the back of your mind, you're thinking I should not have said it, or I should not have phrased it that way. Or you can tell with the body language of the other person that, Oh, you went down the wrong path with your questioning. 
we take those mistakes and we learn from them the next time we do an interview. I mean, I can think of many, many times walking out of uh, someone's house after an interview. And this even happens, I'm sure, in, in the sales business all the time. You walk out and you know everything that you just should have said that you didn't say. It even happens in our personal life, right? How many of you have had a discussion with maybe a significant other and you get into an argument and you walk away and then you think about, oh, you know what? I should have done this, this or this. And you learn from them. Now, here's the thing. You didn't do those things. You made the mistakes, but let's learn from them. And next time you'll be more prepared, as you said earlier, being prepared is more important than the results. That's right. And, and, and Tony, you know what? The, the other thing that you're making me think about, too, is with the making of mistakes, I certainly make my share. I have not come across anyone in my personal life or professional life who is perfect. And again, point being simply, when I make a mistake, I am very comfortable, number one, admitting it, number two, apologizing, and number three, exactly like we were just talking, here's my plan so that I won't repeat that behavior. What more can you do? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Just what, what more can, I'm, I'm sorry I made that mistake. This is what happened. And I will not repeat the, I will not repeat this behavior because I'm going to make a note on my calendar to call the ad agency every Tuesday instead of Thursday, giving myself one day buffer. You know, whatever, going back to the, uh, the banking mistake we were talking about, whatever it is. Yeah. And admitting and apologizing, there's nothing wrong with those things in life. People hate to admit to mistakes. I don't know why culture has gotten to that point where everyone expects other human beings to be perfect. I find it, I respect someone more if they make a mistake and they admit it rather than trying to hide it along the way. And then, as you said, later making the same mistakes over and over again. That's right. So let's go down maybe an, another path. Um, we've talked a little bit about business and we've talked about, I guess, somewhat in, in relationships and, and learning in general. What do you think is something that we really, truly over-focus on our results? Is there any specific activity or any specific area in life when we're really so over-focused on results that it really clouds our decisions, it clouds our ability to do a good job? I think, Tony, both personally and professionally, there are some examples. Uh, I, I think about someone that I dated uh, you know, obviously this was many, many years ago because I've been married a long time now. And she was so focused on, I want to be married by age 35 and I want to have three children. And that's the way it has to be. And this is, this is how my life is going to unfold. And I mean, just having everything laid out futuristically and my question to her just was very simply, what if that doesn't happen? You know, so what ifs? What, what if, Chris, God forbid, you find out you can't have children or the person you marry isn't able to have children? I mean, just, you know, what, whatever it might be. I mean, just those sorts of things. It's like, just let things unfold. It will be okay. I think the other thing, and, and interestingly, Tony, and, and again, I hope people, I'm, I'm very proud 
as I think back of this answer, because I didn't know anything about the results business at the time. When I interviewed with Toshiba, I still remember it was the second round of interviews and I was talking with this guy, Jack Landry, who became my boss's boss for a while and ultimately was my boss. He asked me during the interview, Ron, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, one of those classic questions. And my answer to him was very simply, Jack, I want to go as far as my talent will allow me to take, and will as far as my talent will take me. And I, I, I didn't want to worry about, Jack, I want to be in your chair in five years, or I, I need to be doing this in five years, otherwise I'm not a success. Is that I don't know what's going to happen. Let me do the work. Let me do with the, as, as well as I possibly can. Things will fall into place as they're supposed to. That's what I believe. And I speak for myself when I say that. And you probably have a history in your life where you can look back at things and you can find that, that it reinforces that belief that things have always worked out that way. I mean, I, again, Tony, I'll, I'll go back. It's, it's the same kind, really the same situation, if you will. At that point in time, when I was interviewing with Toshiba, if we can back up, if you will, maybe two months or so, I had been interviewing with an insurance company in Manhattan for an HR job. And I had been there three times. The only thing left was to go back and get the, the final interview and get the blessing, if you will, uh, from the executive vice president of HR. And as it turned out on that last interview, I didn't like him. He didn't like me. Long story short, things didn't work out. And, and immediately after learning, I didn't get the job. I was like, man, what's going on here? You know, this is no good. Stay out of the results business, Ron, because about three weeks later, I started interviewing with Toshiba. And that's when I ended up in training and development. And it's 29 years later, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> so, so often what I want is not good for me in the long run. <laughs> you know, a lot of times in life, that is definitely true, especially when we look back. It's funny you brought up dating. This is a perfect example of staying out of the results business, because I can remember back after my divorce, I was thrust back into the dating world again and oh boy oh boy you know but i used to set up these coffee dates and you would meet with somebody you know in a coffee shop and sit down and have that discussion and kind of see if there was any further interest and then you know move on from there well yeah. what i found was if i really liked the girl i would try a lot harder and it wouldn't be as fun it basically it backfired because I would come off as a little bit too stiff. And now I'm usually a pretty laid back, confident kind of guy, but because I was so focused, here we go on the results. Then I ended up not having fun. There was no spark there. And those dates ended up not being as enjoyable. And sometimes I would go in and I'd meet someone. It's like, I wasn't really interested in that particular person, but I just kind of relaxed. I go with the flow. I had a good time because, hey, we're going to sit here for the next 45 minutes to an hour and have our coffee dates. So I might as well have a good time. And at the end, you know, those ended up being, you know, the best dates. Now, did they 
go anywhere. Sometimes not. Most of the time not. But the point was that every time I got so focused on the results, I let everything else fall to the wayside. And when we do that, that's when our life experience is not as good. In the long run, those results that we focused on, they don't happen the way we want anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I remember someone, someone saying to me, on a first date one time. I am so nervous. Oh my God, I'm just so nervous. And I was like, what's making you nervous? And she was like, well, I don't want to do anything or say anything stupid or whatever. And I was like, man, I said, all I'm going to do here, I'm going to relax. And I hope you will too. Let's just talk to each other and see what happens. Let's just see where this goes. It's okay. Stay out of the results business. <laughs> yeah. And we can't stress that enough. And I hear that that's why this episode is when you brought this topic up and said, let's discuss this. I said, you know what? When I first heard it, I said, well, wait a minute. You know, that doesn't sound like something a goal oriented group of people would want to talk about. But as you take a step back and realize what's really going on, it opens up a whole new world. Yeah. You know, and I mean, again, for whatever reason, it's making me think about professionally with quotas and and, maybe with salespeople and things like that is that, no, 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 no. I have to close this sale in order to meet my quota. So I'm going to do everything I can and say, you know what? That's when you get desperate. That's when you start making mistakes. And I also like what, what Simon Sinek says about this. He said, as long as things are trending in the right direction, what is there to worry about? And Tony, again, just just as an example of this, I go back to my Toshiba days. We had quotas in sales training. In other words, there, there were we were supposed to train a certain amount of sales reps in our basic 101 sales course, in our intermediary sales course, and advanced. And I was short two sales reps or I I was short two people, if you will, for my quota. And I was going to be doing a sales training course in Boston. And my boss said, you've got to meet this quota. You're two people short. And I still remember calling calling a dealership in Buffalo. And I talked to Rick on the phone. Rick was my friend. He was the president of this, uh, of this dealership. And he had two reps who were not quite ready yet. They didn't have enough experience yet to go through that intermediary class. And I was like, Rick, do you mind sending them? I need to meet my quota. No, I'll be glad to, Ron, anything for you. And I, while I appreciated that, that my point is the two of those people did not get as much out of that course as, as they could have had they waited another six months. And the point for me, Tony, things were trending in the right direction. If I miss my quota by two people, how is that really going to impact the overall effectiveness of the sales training department at Toshiba? Not much. In fact, not at all. Stay out of the results business. Well, as we kind of wind things down, maybe we can leave and give the audience maybe two or three tips along the way that will help them to stay out of that results business. You know what? There's a quote that I like that I hope will be helpful here. And it's just, it's very, very simple. And it's a three word quote. And it is preparation is separation. Preparation is separation. My preparation separates me from other people 
in a good way. When I'm well prepared and when I'm ready to go, the results will be there because I'm good at what I do. I know what I'm doing. And I, I hope that comes across confidently and proudly. You know, and the other thing is, too, it's just the serenity prayer is just something that I that I truly live by. I just love it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Stay out of the results business, the courage to change the things that I can, the preparation and the wisdom to know the difference. And the wisdom to know the difference is all that really matters because that's how we learn. And the more we learn, the more we grow. And I'll go back to something that I learned from one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, and that is that progress is what we really want. Progress is success in life. Progress equals happiness. If we continue to make progress in our life, that's really all that matters. If we stop making progress, then we're stuck in a rut. And that's A lot of the people I deal with are stuck in that rut. They're like spinning their tires and they can't get out of it because they're not making progress. And when you stay out of the results business and you focus on preparing for things, you're actually, you actually let go of the results and you surrender to the fact that you've done the best thing that you can. You've done the best job possible and you're going to let things happen and give up that control. That's perfect. This has been really insightful today. I really enjoyed this uh, discussion, as I always do when we uh, get together, Ron. It's always an enjoyable experience. Before we close out today, you know, I normally ask the question, what does being purposely positive mean to you? But you've already answered that since you've been on the podcast before. I'm going to transition that in how does living life on purpose and staying out of the results business, how do those two statements work together? I think for me, it just allows me to, it helps me to know what the next right thing to do is, both personally and professionally. What should I be doing next? I'm not going to worry about the end results, just what's the next right thing to do and what results from that, then I'll deal with that and do the next right thing, if that makes sense. Sure. That absolutely does make sense. And a lot of times when we're so focused on what the results are, we don't actually take action. And taking action is one of the key steps to succeeding in anything. You know, we can think about and we can do all the planning and planning is important, but until we actually step out and take the action, nothing's going to happen. And if we're so worried about controlling our results, it freezes us in our tracks. We stop in our tracks and we don't take the action. So once we let go of that, we can take action and we can start living that purposely positive life that we all should be living. So Ron, if anybody wants to reach out to you right now, and I hope they will, what would be the best way to do that? Tony, the best way, actually three ways. Number one, anybody who wants to uh, contact me directly can, can uh, feel free to email me very simply at r.reich2006 at gmail.com. Uh, they can go to my LinkedIn page, which is Ron Reich, R-E-I-C-H, and it's R-L-B Training and Development. They can go to Instagram, and it is just very simply leadership underscore R-L-B. And I will gladly have a conversation with anybody, talk to anybody, staying out of the results business. We can just chat. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thanks again, Ron, for being on the show. And we will definitely have you back in the future. 
Great, Tony, it's really good to see you again. Thank you, I appreciate it. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you know, you may be out there not getting the results you want and need to be a little more prepared. I have a free resource. It's an ebook called Strive to Thrive. You can download it at the website, TonyWCoaching.com and start living that purposely positive life.